You're listening to episode number 20 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Yes, we made it to episode 20, the big two zero. All right, let's do this one. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm so happy that you're here for the big episode number 20. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, 20, but it's a big episode. It's a big milestone. Uh, so if you've been sticking with me and uh, listening from the beginning, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. For episode 20, we have a great guest for you, uh, another divorce coach, Tara Eisenhard. Tara uh, is unique in the sense that she's been there. She's personally dealt with divorce. Um, her parents uh, were divorced. So she's an ex-wife. She's the next wife. Um, she's been cheated on. She's been left. She's left relationships. She's walked away you know, feeling like a winner, but then she's also had her heart broken and she's put herself back together. So whatever you're going through, there's a pretty good chance Tara has already gone through it personally, which makes her an excellent excellent person to help coach uh, coach on it. Now, she's been coaching for a long time. She coaches individuals. She coaches groups in person, online. She She really does it all. She has a a book called The D Word, Divorce Through a Child's Eyes. Um, it's been reviewed and recommended by various different professionals. She's been on the radio, TV, contributed to uh, various articles and written for uh, Divorce Force, The Huffington Post, DivorceMoms.com, uh, pretty much the same publications that I write for too. And uh, she also serves as a volunteer mediator, so she's familiar with the mediation uh, process, which is great. So let me waste no more time and welcome Tara Eisenhard to the program and let's talk. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So what I usually do with um, all my guests is I kind of start, for those who may not be uh, super familiar with you, kind of like a little background and ask you to give us a little bit of history in, in yourself. Do you have any personal experience with divorce? And, you know, how did you end up being in the spot where you turned into a, a divorce coach? Yeah, so the story goes back. Um, I don't want to date myself too much. I was 13 when my parents separated. And at the time, I really didn't know what to expect. I, I you know, just kind of heard the rumblings that divorce is a bad thing. And I thought that this was going to be a terrible thing in my family. But it wasn't. My parents actually had a really good, very cooperative divorce. And through that process, my parents' relationship with each other improved. My relationships with each of my parents improved. And then as my parents you know, got new partners, my family grew. And I was surrounded by more people who loved me and supported me and could help me with my homework and that kind of thing. And so I grew up thinking that divorce was a good thing. Um, so I grew up and I got married and, uh, it was, we probably shouldn't have gotten married, but it was a really good lesson. So I'm, I don't really regret it. Um, but you know, we'd been married for, a, we were officially married for two years, but, um, we 
came to the decision that it really wasn't working. We were not in a good situation. We were not well suited for each other and we wanted to separate. And so we also had a very good, productive, cooperative divorce. And I felt really good about it. I was very happy. I was really relieved. I was excited to be moving on and being be able to live my life according to you know my own values, my own terms, that kind of thing. Uh, but when I told people that I was getting divorced, nobody was happy for me. And I realized that my experience with divorce was not at all like what most of the rest of the world, at least in this country, experiences. Uh, so the first thing that I did was I got really curious and I started reading a lot of books. And after my divorce, I spent several years um, as a partner of a divorced dad and again, got very curious about my role in that situation and that family did more reading, research, everything that I could get my hands on and uh, developed this real passion for the fact that I know that things can be different than they are. And I started looking for ways to influence the conversation. And eventually I found divorce coaching and mediation and um, got my training. And really now I'm just, you know, I, I say that I'm on a mission to change the way that our culture views and approaches the divorce process. And that's so here right. I am. <laughs> yeah, here you are. <laughs> that's, that's really great. Um, because you don't hear that, like exactly like you said, you know, divorce has a negative connotation, um, at least here in the United States, um, and especially people going through contested divorces where it can get really nasty. So I'm glad that you had two positive experiences. But I'm curious, when you were 13 and your parents got divorced, how did they explain it to you? So um they at first they didn't um, <laughs> um anyone who's read my book is going to find this very familiar so i actually overheard my parents fighting and in the middle of that fight um it was actually my mom who said i have no idea what they were fighting about she just you know all of a sudden said oh get a lawyer i can't talk to you anymore and um, and I knew what that meant, and um, you know, just kind of overhearing that. And so from there, I had a conversation with each one of my parents individually after that, where they kind of said that, yeah, they're probably going to get divorced, but they don't know what's going to happen next. And when they do know, they would tell me. So it was actually like a couple months later when my dad moved out, and um, my mom told me that he was going to move out while she was taking me to go on vacation with my cousin for a week. Okay, and before they, before they kind of, you realized that they were going to get divorced. Was their relationship, in your opinion, you know, like, not good? Okay, I mean, a lot, a lot in of my- <laughs> <laughs> in my 13-year-old opinion, yeah, they fought all the time. It was, you know, it was just uncomfortable. Um, you know, my house wasn't like a, a really, you know, peaceful, happy family kind of place. There was just a lot of friction. I hear you. How long were they married for? Uh, they were married um, for about 14 years when they separated. Okay. Um, but the actual separation was, you know, did you ever feel like you as a you know, the child were um, like caught in the middle of it. Did, was custody ever an issue? Parenting time ever an issue? No, it wasn't. And that's where I think I I was so lucky because um, 
there wasn't there wasn't a lot of fighting, and I think um, some of it was just kind of this assumption that um, my my parents just sort of agreed to. Like most people who get divorced, the kids live with their mom, and they see their dad every other weekend, and um, so that's what we did. And it was very easy to move back and forth between the two households. My sister actually lived with my dad. I mean, she just made the decision that she she wanted to stay with my dad more. So she lived with him for like a year, you know, full time and kind of did the opposite. Um, but, so the the decision was kind of made for us, but we had a lot of flexibility within that. If I wanted to spend any additional time with my dad, I could um, their relationship, like I said, it was, it was cooperative and it was productive and I never felt like I had to choose between them or like I couldn't talk about the other half of my life depending on which, you know, bedroom I was sleeping in for the weekend. Right. And I'm assuming they live pretty close to each other. Yeah. A couple miles away. That's pretty close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's great. And, and your sister older or younger? Younger. She's about eight and a half years younger than me. Oh, wow. And so she wanted to live with dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's interesting because usually my experience is the, the kids like to stick together. Well, we were at that point, <laughs> eight and a half years is a lot of time when one of you is a teenager. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, she was, you know, she was really young when they separated and she was daddy's girl. She didn't stay with him right away, but after like a year or two, she just kind of decided that she wanted to spend more time with him. So she did. Okay. And I was fine with that. <laughs> yeah. As a teenager, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give me my space. Uh, <laughs> now I, I love the fact that, that this is a positive example and that you said um, that you guys had pretty an easy time adjusting to the separate households and kind of going back and forth. Right. They understand mm-hmm. that correctly? Yeah, it was, um, there was a period where like my dad moved in with his girlfriend and I didn't know her very well. So it was kind of weird, but after, you know, the, with everything, there's like this rocky transition, but overall, you know, there was nothing traumatic about it. That's great. Cause I know that's always a big ticket item, you know, in, um, contested divorces where custody is an issue is, you know, you know, the kids inconsistency and, um, stability, but it's been my experience and from an attorney's point of view that, you know, kids uh, are, are, we don't give them enough credit and they are super, you know, really able to adjust uh, to different situations and new situations much better than adults, (laughs) I think. And, um, you know, we we tend to sometimes kind of overlook that uh, when figuring out what the best solution is uh, in a custody situation. Yeah, I think um, I think when it's easy, it's easy for kids, and when when parents make it ugly, that's when the kids are really, you know, traumatized, and when they have like the, the terrible scars. When you think about you know children of divorce, oh my gosh, you know that's what that's what makes it difficult for the kids. It's not just the you know structural reorganization of where people live. Yeah, the parents are are a huge part of it, and and in your situation, it sounds like if you. Uh, for example, wanted to spend more time with dad or or vice versa. Your mom didn't care and she supported it. And, and that's what's important. It's when they don't and they start, you know, kind of instituting alienation and bad mouthing or disparaging the other spouse or, you know, the ex, like that's where it causes issues and, and, and drama for the children too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you in, 
any type of therapy during your parents' divorce? Oh, no, that was before everybody went to therapy. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least not in the small town that I lived in. <laughs> no. Okay. I figured I'd ask just because um, I'm always curious. But yeah, depending on where you're from and, and how long ago it was, you're right. Um, therapy is a, more of a, a new trend, I think, but a, a good one. Um, yeah, I agree. I always say, you know, I always I would force, depending on the volatility of the people I were representing in the case, I would force my client to be in therapy during the process because mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm not your therapist, even though I can play one, but, you know, you got to be in therapy for your own sanity um, to help you get through this. And um, so I'm a big promoter of that now, but uh, when possible. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> You well, as a coach, you kind of are part of that therapeutic, you know, dynamic. If you want to call it that, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor, and a lot of people, you know, don't understand the difference. And I heard this fantastic analogy where um, if you have a suitcase and you take the suitcase to a therapist, the therapist is going to help you unpack the suitcase and look at what you've put in it and why you put it there and how you might organize it better. And if you take that same suitcase to a coach, the coach is just going to ask you where you want to go with your suitcase and then help you figure out the best way to get there. That is a pretty good analogy. And so you're a coach. Yes. Okay. So you help people get where they want to go with the suitcase. Yes. I Coaching is deep or I'm sorry, therapy is deep. Coaching is directional. Yeah, no, absolutely. We don't look in the suitcases. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> no, no, don't want to know. <laughs> don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> right. So, so how did you get, I have an idea, but how did you get, you know, from, you know, your parents getting, being involved in a divorce when you were a teenager, then your marriage uh, not ending well and getting a divorce personally, how did you transition into becoming a, a divorce coach? Well, I, um, it was, <clears throat> it was like this weird, uh, it started like with a curiosity, like I said, but it became this really strange sort of passion that kind of took over my life. And I started, um, you know, I started becoming very comfortable telling people that I love divorce. After my divorce, I was, like I said, I was so happy. I, I felt so free and, the moment that I told my now ex-husband that I hated him was the moment that I could stop hating him, if that makes any sense. It was just the beginning of, of this new chapter where we didn't have to live in this constant state of compromise and resentment anymore. And um, so my divorce had such a positive impact on my life. And I was just absolutely joyful about being a a divorced woman and starting my life over and having this opportunity. I went back to school. I got braces. I took a photography class, all of these things. (laughs) And, um, and so I was just really happy. And, um, and then, you know, like I said, I started dating the divorced dad and I was trying to find out what my role was in that situation. And so at the same time, like I'm, I'm still reading everything that I can. And, um, I, I just, I realized so much of what's wrong with our culture. We have such a shaming culture around divorce. We don't have really positive social structures. There's no 
Um, there's no rituals around divorce. Like even when, you know, even when there's a death, we have a funeral and divorce is in many ways like a death. And yet there's nothing. People who go through the process feel really isolated. They think that they're bad people, that they're bad parents, that they're bad partners. And, um, and they feel a lot of shame and, you know, the way to easy way to discharge shame is to blame somebody else. And I realized that people are, you know, they're tearing each other apart. They're tearing their families apart. And it's really kind of a, a matter of self-preservation because they just feel like they're doing something wrong. So um, I started talking about this to everybody who would listen to me. And when people stopped wanting to listen to me, my my friends and my family eventually got really bored. It was kind of like, <laughs> God, are we going to talk about this again? Because uh, at that point, I had been like three, four years since my divorce. Um, so I started writing a blog at that point. And um, from there, I once I, I got a little bit more immersed in social media and I got on Twitter and um, I found out that divorce coaching is a thing that exists. And I found a woman in North Carolina who was offering training. And I, I knew, I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. Because for a while, I had thought I wanted to be an attorney. Uh, but when I started to get a little bit closer to that, I realized that, you know, it's not your fault. And there's a lot of really good attorneys out there. But attorneys are, are part of that system. They're part of that problem. And I didn't want to be in a position where people said to me, hey, you work for me, get me what I want, or you're fired. I wanted to change the conversation. So I knew that divorce coaching was that that thing that was outside our current paradigm and um, allowed me to, you know, be a positive influence and help people to see things in a different way. So I jumped on it. And, and, and you made a good choice, I might say, because it's a lot cheaper to uh, become a divorce coach than, than it is an attorney. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes I still think about going to law school just for fun. Like I, w- I would like to be able to at least say, yeah, I know how to do that. I just don't. Oh, so you're a sadist. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, to be honest with you, I really enjoyed law school itself and, and learning and, and, that, and that part of it. Um, everything else, we can, I can talk about that another time. But uh, yeah. You know, it's, um, I mean, I just love learning in general. So I felt like that was, you know, it's a, it's a great place for that. Um, and then, you know, the actual practice of law is a whole different animal. But again, we'll save that for another show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you mentioned something that kind of perked my ears up a little bit and that it was rituals. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere in the past year, I want to say, and I don't remember what, uh, what the source was. It was an article somewhere where somebody was doing just that for divorce. They were creating a ritual mm-hmm. where kind of like a marriage, they had a, almost a, a ceremony for the divorce when it was final. Mm-hmm. And both people, the spouses who were getting divorced, actually participated in this. Um, and they had friends and family. It was It was like a wedding, except totally the opposite. It was, but they were celebrating their divorce. And I thought to myself, wow, that's kind of, that's really interesting, you know, and what a way to kind of close the book on that chapter of both of your lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I thought to myself, how often would that actually work? And obviously only if both people were you know, amicable and could communicate with each other and we're kind of on the same page as far as we're happy that we're moving on. You know, of course, we're not happy that the marriage failed, but it is what it is and we're happy that we're moving on 
and hopefully we'll both be happy. So when you speak of rituals, what are your thoughts on, on that type of thing? So I agree. Um, if people can come together, and I am a huge proponent of separation ceremonies. I've been talking about it, writing about it for years. Um, I think it's, it's wonderful if people can come together and speak vows instead of vows that bind them together, vows that release them, where they can say things like, you know, I, um, I honor you uh, as, you know, parent of our children, and, you know, I release you, and I wish you the best, and I, you know, I offer you my friendship, or whatever it is that they have to say to each other. But you're absolutely right. It cannot always happen. However, um, even if it's not a joint ceremony, I still think it's important for people to do something. And that can look very, very different, um, just like marriages look different. Um, but it, even if it's just an individual thing, um, a commitment, recommitment to yourself, it can be something that you do, you know, in your backyard where you just, you know, write some things and light a candle and say some stuff to yourself and read a poem and be done with it. Or, you know, have friends and family there. You know, sometimes people have like a divorce party, which can get ugly, I, much prefer the ones that have a positive theme. Right. But to do something to mark that occasion, to be able to have that respectful release and recognition that this is a beginning of something new. And we lose that. We think about divorce as just the end of something. I often say, you know, divorce is not about evolution. It's, a, or it's not about dissolution. It's about evolution. And um, because we need to realize that it's just, you know, it's just change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I always tell people, you know, it's so easy in a contested situation and when divorce can get nasty, you know, to kind of get tunnel vision and and get sucked into this, like I call it a vortex of, you know, crap. But, um, you know, eventually it's going to end. And you're going to have a life after divorce and you got to, you got to look toward that and you got to build toward that. And, you know, that's the whole point is that yes, now may not be a good time, but you're getting divorced so you can have a better time or, you know, create that, that vision that you want uh, of happiness and whatever that means to you. Exactly. Yeah. I like the whole ritual thing though. Um, As long as you said, you know, it, it has to be, you know, safe tame you know yeah. i think some people like burning their spouse's belongings in the backyard or something and then, no right. no that's not productive we're not act, we're not advocating that <laughs> although that might be fun but no no yeah. burn them roast a marshmallow or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what tips do you have for people going through you know a, a contested divorce and where it's not you know so loosey-goosey, everybody on the same page type of deal? So the two things that that I always say is so much of this comes down to, actually, I'm going to talk about three. Um, The first one is honesty. Um, My divorce would have gone very, very differently if it had continued the way that it started, which was my husband came home. He told me that he thinks we should separate, and I was immediately furious And I screamed and stomped down the hall and he came in and he said, "Um, isn't this what you want? Don't you hate me? And in that moment, I had this light bulb moment where I said, "Uh, yeah, actually I do hate you. And that, that changed everything. 
Um, so to be able to be honest about the fact that things were not good, um, you know, even when there's something like infidelity, you know, uh, where somebody feels wronged, there's still a, a, a piece of that where you have to be able to say, you know, I really don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me. I don't want to be with somebody who isn't going to be faithful to me. Um, so, so honesty, I think is, is the first key. The second one is self-awareness and there's a lot of pieces to that. Um, but it's really important to know, you know, how you're feeling, what you're needing, what your goals are. So many people, especially in contentious divorces, you know, they just want to win, but they don't know what that means. Right. And so it's, it's a really good idea to just spend some time and, and think, okay, well, what, you know, what's really people talk about winning and losing and what's fair and equitable and whatever. And I always talk about, um, you know, it's really a matter of what's appropriate. Um, and so it's, it's a good idea for people to spend some time and think, you know, okay, well, what's really, what's appropriate for me? What's appropriate for, for my family? What's appropriate given my budget? And what's important to me? What are my values in all of this? Um, you know, what am I teaching my children? How am I showing up? All of these questions where you're kind of holding a mirror up to yourself and, and getting, you know, information, having that self-awareness, which really gives you a lot of power. And that's my, my next thing then is, um, you know, to, to hold on to your power. People want to, they want to give it away. Um, they want to just kind of like turn everything over to an attorney and say, you know, um, fix this for me. Um, make me right. Let me win, whatever it is. And, um, and when we do that, we really, we give away a lot of our power. And I always say that the experts in the family are the members in the family. And so wherever you can speak for yourself, um, you know, take that self-awareness to your attorney and say, this is what's really important to me. These are my values. Are you in line with this? Um, a big piece of this too is working with professionals who are in line with your values, who are going to help you get to where you want to go. Um, That's so true. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, when choosing an attorney, there's a lot of attorneys out there. You got to choose the right one for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Now, do you coach people, do you coach individually or do you do couples coaching? I do both. Um, a lot of times I, I end up working with one spouse because, you know, there's always the, the good one and the bad one, yeah. according to them, right? <laughs> right, right. You always have the good one. I always have the good one. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> But, um, but I do, I work with, um, I work with people who, who are just, you know, individually having a hard time. I work with people who are having a hard time because they have a, a difficult ex and a very contentious conversation there. But I also do work with couples together. Um, I really like to work with couples at the beginning of the process to help them, you know, find out what their common ground is and to craft some sort of a mission or a vision statement for their family moving forward, something that they can kind of fall back on and realize that, hey, we're evolving, but, you know, we, we still adhere to this and this is what we want for our children moving forward. This is what we want for ourselves. Yeah, the, the earlier, uh, I'm the same way um, with my practice too. I, the earlier I can get somebody in the process, even before anything is officially filed in the court, the better because, you know, if, if they're still thinking about divorce and, and preparing, 
then that's the most important stage in my opinion and is preparing. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you prepare right, that sets the stage for the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So yeah. So when we get the, when we get to reach people early on that, that's always preferable, but better late than never too. Right? Exactly. It's never too late to, to realize, Hey, what I'm doing isn't working and I want to try something else. Yeah, that's right. You, 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 you want to do it before you got the quicksand up to your neck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get those clients too. And it's like, well, all right, you know, you're still alive and you're kicking, which is great, but you know, we got to take it step by step now. Right. <laughs> the, um, talk, talk a little bit about some of the programs that you, that you offer. So I do, um, I do one-on-one coaching. I do, um, I offer some online courses. I have one called the good divorce principles and that is a work at your own pace program. It's out there. Anybody can sign up for it at any time and and just go through it online. Um, and then I also have on the individual level, I work with people who, um, you know, it could be a a one-time issue. You know, um, sometimes I work with people who know that they need to ask their spouse for a divorce and they just need help strategizing that conversation. So it might be just a single issue, single, um, you know, just an hour of coaching kind of thing. And then, um, for 2019, actually, I'm now offering individual coaching programs. So um, specific to things like infidelity or people who are, you know, maybe they're really happy that they're, they're moving on and they just need to, they just need that push, that jumpstart for their, their new life. Or maybe they just are very budget conscious. And so that, you know, they just need a little push because they can't afford a big one. Um, and um, also for, you know, something more comprehensive, um, you know, more comprehensive program that looks at multiple aspects starts with the, um, the shame and blame and the culture around divorce and how we can change that paradigm all the way through holding your own separation ceremony. Wow, that's great. And people can find out more about these courses uh, and programs where? On my website, it's TaraEisenhard.com, T-A-R-A-E-I-S-E-N-H-A-R-D.com. And I'll, I'll have that in the show notes too, so you can, uh, you can find that information there. Um, Tara, this was a great talk. Thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to have to have you on in the future to go over some more stuff. Thank you so much. This was fun. I yeah, love divorce. <laughs> I, I love how you love divorce. <laughs> yeah, great. most people don't say that. <laughs> no, I don't know anybody else who says that. So that, that's your tagline. That's great. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Wow. Another great interview uh, and discussion with uh, another divorce professional, Tara. Uh, I thought it was great. Hope you all enjoyed that and got a, a little something out of it. Now, If you are interested in personal divorce coaching for whatever situation you're going through, then check out my services through Divorce You. I offer different programs for different needs. Um, All uh, involve some form of coaching with me. Uh, So check it out. You can check it out directly from my website, uh, jasonlavoy.com. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, but you're not a subscriber, it's free. Subscribe through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, whatever uh, vehicle of listening that you like to do. Subscribe, and you'll get all the future episodes when they come out. Right now, they come out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. I want to do some. Uh, I'm going to be doing some solo episodes in the near future. That's my hope. But I keep getting these great guests uh, to come on, so I do want to do some individual episodes where I just kind of go through and focus on certain aspects of 
the divorce process with you. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.